Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace. Strengthening the Saints Against Islam's Assault on North America. Well, thank you for joining us here today at the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith. This is Tom Wallace. Well, let me quickly remind you that we are in our fall fundraising uh, season here. Uh, our goal is $15,000. We started off with a goal of $20,000, and let me tell you why. 15000 is our minimum. That's what we need to make our budget, to pay our bills. Uh, and the reason why we have to do this twice a year, we have to make these appeals. So that it, the reason for it is because we don't have enough uh, donors on a regular monthly basis. If we can increase that $3,000 extra more month, then, um, then we can use our fundraising uh, seasons here for the, in the spring and the fall to advance our ministry into uh, in, in, to, to grow. But just to maintain where we're at, we need to raise $15,000 there uh, because we don't have enough coming in monthly. Now, most of our support comes from you listeners who send in $10, $20, $50, $100 a month. It's our monthly supporters that really drive this ministry, that make it happen so that we can, we're on um, over 80 stations now. We were on 400 stations. We had a very generous donor who opened the door for us to get into uh, into a national network. We've pulled back from that uh, there, and we are uh, that was our weekend show. But our daily broadcast is really our meat and potatoes of our ministry here. And so that's on about 80, 85 stations across America, and uh, we do this on a very, very small budget, folks. God is uh, blessing what we're doing and it's your sacrificial giving that makes this happen. But we do need appeal to you uh, to help us to raise this $15,000. We're more than halfway there. We're close to 60% of that in now. But would you help us maybe today by giving us a call? And you can do that by calling 800-616-0082. That's 800-616-0082. Eight two, or you can give safely, securely online at fortressoffaith.com. That's fortressoffaith.com. And if you want to send in a check, give us a call. We'll be glad to give you our address. Again, that number is 800-616-0082, and the address, of course, is online as well. All right, let me kind of answer a couple of questions that I'm asked often. This week I've kind of been, I've digressed from our general material that we talk about, and I'm kind of telling you a little bit more about me and our ministry. And a question that I'm asked often, because here uh, I'm, I'm on national radio, and I am calling out the prophet Muhammad as a false prophet. Islam is a false religion. Now, I don't do that because I have hate in my heart. I do it because I have love in my heart. I do it because people have been lied to. They've been misguided. Muslims need to know the truth. They need to know that they've been lied to and that there is hope. They don't have to live in bondage, in submission to a, uh, a hateful ideology. They can be free from it through Jesus Christ. And, and I do it to also tell Christians that they need to uh, resist this religion this ideology any society that does not that did not resist islam they lost their freedom and their religion and and so folks we must resist this but we need to rescue muslims as well and um and so our, our goal our three goals in our ministry 
resist, refute Islam, rescue Muslims, and revive America. Because that's the solution. Why is God allowing Islam to grow? It's growing because God's using it as an instrument of judgment upon us. And I'll make that clear here as I tell you my story. But there's two questions I'm asked often, and I want to answer them. Number one, I'm asked, um, uh, do you have death threats? You know, uh, um, how, how scary is it doing what you're doing? Okay. Okay. We do get ugly emails. We do get ugly phone calls. Honestly, I don't read them and I don't listen to them. Okay. So take you, I don't know if I've been, if my life has been threatened. Honestly, I can't, I can't say it has because I just don't listen to that stuff. Now, folks, you need to realize they want to shut us up. They want to shut us down. We know that. And they're going to give their threats. And, and, and so, you know, uh, but we're not, we don't live by fear. And we're not going to live under that fear. I, I, I'm doing what I'm doing in the power of the Lord. I know God has called me to it. And I'm in his hands. My life is in his hands. And so now we do take uh, precautions. We do take security steps. Naturally, God gave us a brain to use it and to uh, be proactive in that area. So, so yeah, we, we do take steps. But um, so, anyhow, that's the answer to that question. The second question I'm asked here is, how did I get into this? What got me started uh, dealing with Islam to study this and to uh, do what I do here? Well, it goes back to a date in England, September 14, 2008. That was the point that God really opened my eyes. And let me, let me give you some background first. Now, I grew up in England as a missionary kid. 29 years of my life I spent over there. I, now, yes, I did have an English accent at one time. As you can tell now, I've lost it. And that's why I say some terms, some words, kind of in a strange way, because I'm, you know, fighting the English vocabulary that's in my head that's bouncing around. And sometimes I'll use uh, controversy or say some words in a different way. Uh, that's because of my British upbringing. But the 29 years over there, I went over there when I was six years old. So I grew up, went to the British school system, and a lot of my friends were Muslim. When you're a foreigner in another country, you tend to hang with foreigners at first. And so I had friends from Bangladesh, from India, Pakistan, and they were Muslim. And so that acquainted me to this religion of Islam at a very early age. When I went back as a missionary, I was there 17 years in church planning. We were involved in three church plants, a Bible college and a youth camp ministry. I had to learn, because of the Muslims that were in my community, I had to learn how to engage them with the gospel. So I studied their religion. I started studying the Quran a bit and, and getting into understanding their religion of how to convey truth to them. But I didn't understand the agenda. And I had heard for about a decade that Sharia law is coming to Britain. And it was in the news. It was, you know, it was out there. And I dismissed that. I kind of, I told people, ah, you know, take a pill. It's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. Even though the Muslim community was growing, even though uh, more and more of my community was using Arabic uh, and, um, and the foreigners, uh, the Muslims were pouring into my community and the, uh, face of my community was changing. Now, not all were Muslims. Some were, uh, many of them were Sikh, many were Hindu, 
But certainly the Muslims, their presence was very, very well felt, especially after 9-11. And it was after 9-11 that caused me to really study more about Islam because you know, everyone was talking about these 72 virgins, and I thought, no, I missed that. I didn't read that in the Quran. And so I, I, I re- recognized I needed to study some more. But at that point, I realized I didn't want to read what non-Muslims were writing. I wanted to go to the original sources. I wanted to go to the horse's mouth, so to speak, to understand it. You know, I'd study theology, so I wanted to study theology of Islam and to understand it as an imam would know it. And so that forced me to really wrestle with this religion and, and to understand its agenda. But... I was still missing it until September 14, 2008. Something happened there. Now, as I said, I had heard for a decade that Sharia law was coming, and I dismissed it. And I said it wouldn't happen. But I was wrong. I was dead wrong because it did happen. And it was announced in the Times newspaper. And I have a screenshot of the Times online September 14 revealed UK's first official Sharia courts, and it lists seven cities where Sharia courts were opening. Twelve months later, 85 of these courts were in operation. But the first ones, London, Birmingham, Bradford, Manchester, uh, and then, then it mentioned Nuneaton. Now that caught my attention because that's where I was living, my hometown. In fact, actually, that I knew that area very, very well. And that was real personal to me. And then it mentioned that the headquarters, the network headquarters for all the Sharia law courts was in Nuneaton. And that was a shocker. And I knew the property where this was happening. A few years prior to this, we were looking for property for our Bible college and our youth camp. We were looking for one of those manor homes, those stately homes. You know how it is... Uh, you see those programs on TV, and you drive you know, through the trees and stuff. There's a gatehouse, and you're driving through that, and then bang, boom, there's this beautiful, stately home. Well, we were looking for a property like that on the A5, the Watling Road, the old Roman road, and there's a lot of them strung out along that, uh, that road. And so we were looking to find one that might be for sale or abandoned and you know, in disrepair that, needed, uh, that we could maybe get for a deal and fix up. And so I uh, saw this uh, kind of broken-down gatehouse there, and it said the Hafiz Center. I didn't know what that mean, what that meant back then. And I drove past there. My wife was with me, and we're driving back in there, and bang. Then we come to the manor home, and boy, was it busy. People everywhere, Muslims, and they were building, building a, a dormitory. And, uh, uh, you know, we were trying to find reverse to get out of there quickly because this was, wasn't long after 9-11. And, and I knew I was in some kind of Muslim training uh, facility. And, um, and th- this is the location. Uh, th- there's, there are four of them in operation, Hafiz centers. And they, and they operate to train uh, Muslims to be professionals, uh, to be politicians, bankers, educators in our schools, and lawyers in the legal system. So those are the four uh uh, skills that they're training in these Hafiz centers. And the, and the headquarters there is in Nuneaton. And so this is what became real personal to me, that I was living in the nerve center of Sharia law, and I was fairly knowledgeable 
about the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad, but I didn't understand the agenda yet. I feel I do now because I've kind of given my life to know it and understand it. And, and God began revealing, I think, in my heart, I really honestly believe this, that God began to reveal that he is allowing Islam to grow to be judgment upon our nations because of our sin, the nations here in the West. The Bible t- tells me of whom much is given, much will be required. And I believe God has blessed Europe and the Americas with rich knowledge and blessings. And God didn't bless us just so that we could squander it upon ourselves. He blessed us so that we might in turn be a blessing and to take the gospel to the ends of the world. And for the most part, that's what we did at first. In Europe, in Britain especially, God blessed them abundantly. The word of God grew and increased, and they took it to the world. The world's mission force was in Britain, but they dropped the ball. And when they dropped it, America picked it up. And we began to be the propagator of the word of God in missions. But we've been fumbling it, and our sin is growing, and we're angering God. And I believe God is raising up the instruments of judgment upon us. And I believe if we do not repent, we're going to be conquered by Islam. And that's why I'm on the radio. And that's why we need your support so that we can spread this message so others can hear and they can repent. Folks, there's still hope. There is still hope. And let's not lose faith in Christ. We're out of time, but join us again next week at the corner of truth and courage. God bless you.